Welcome to the Breezy Brides podcast, a podcast designed for brides planning their dream destination wedding. I'm your host, Deanna, and I'm here to offer you all of the resources, advice, and tips to make planning your destination wedding a breeze. Let's get started. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Breezy Brides podcast. If you have been listening since this has started, you'll notice that I've been gone for a little bit. Our daycare provider for our one-year-old daughter had a baby, and so she was on maternity leave for the last two months, and we were at home working our full-time jobs. I still have a nine-to-five job, and also having our daughter home with us with some occasional grandma watching throughout the last eight weeks. So needless to say, this podcast got put on the back burner, unfortunately, for a little bit while we had her at home. It was really nice having that time with her, but I will not lie and say that I am not excited to be back. I'm so excited to be back. We are coming back with a really popular request, and that is talking all things destination wedding budget. I'm going to go over the big ticket items that you're going to want to have in your destination wedding budget and just some tips throughout and also some insight into what I did when I was planning my destination wedding and planning that around our budget. You know, it's pretty easy to set a budget for a traditional wedding because all the vendors and items that you need to buy have a price tag on them. Whereas a destination wedding budget, a lot of things get bundled into one thing, so it can be a little trickier to navigate, but we are going to talk through all of that, and I'm going to help you and make sure that you get your budget where you want, and make sure if you haven't made your budget already, that this will help you. Now, some people don't even create a budget for their wedding, which is totally fine. They just need to know what they shouldn't go over. So if you have a limit of $10,000 and you know that that's all you're going to spend, technically that's your budget, but you just don't have it broken down into every single line item. Some people like to be really detailed with their budget, line by line, item by item. This podcast will be relevant to both ends of the spectrum and anything in between. We're just going to talk about a lot of things that you want to make sure are included in your budget if you have one. And again, just some insight into some of those big ticket items and how to figure out how much you should even be spending, what's normal for that amount, what's not, what a lot of other destination wedding brides do, etc. So I think a budget is important because it will help you decide what those must-haves and those not-so-important items are for your wedding. If you can't imagine your wedding without beautiful invitations or are willing to spend whatever it takes to find that perfect wedding dress, your budget will keep you on track. Don't feel guilty for splurging on things that you find really important and keeping other things affordable for you or your guests. We're going to start off with two of the biggest budget items that you're going to figure out as soon as you start planning your wedding and how much you're willing to spend. And one of them is your wedding package. Now, some resorts like Sandals, Couples, or the AM resorts, which include Now, Dreams, Breathless, Secrets, all of those resorts, they include a free wedding package in their list of packages to choose from. I am in the process of currently writing a more thorough blog post on this, so it can be very appealing to a lot of brides, that free wedding package, and some brides do select that package. This can be a great option 
for brides who know they're having a small number of guests and they're not looking for anything extravagant or over the top. But on the other hand, you might want a more deluxe package if it meets those wedding goals that you're envisioning. Most of those resorts do have their wedding package pricing on their website, but the post I'm working on is going to go into further detail on what exactly is included in that free wedding package. So right off the bat, it's going to be very basic. It's going to just include a ceremony, the meal for your guests, possibly a turndown service for you and your fiance, things like that. But the biggest thing to look for in that package, whether it's complimentary or it's a paid package, is how many number of guests it's included for. Now, this is where most brides get hit the hardest in their budget. Some of them will say for only up to 50 guests or 25 guests, which means that you're paying extra for every guest above that number. This is where I got really caught off guard in planning our wedding. So we got the most deluxe package. Um, We got married at Now Jade. If you haven't listened to the previous podcast episodes, we loved it. But when planning our budget, uh, we looked at the packages. We could afford the top tier one. We knew we were going to have around 50 guests, but the wedding package only included up to 25 guests. And they don't say on the website how much more you're going to pay for each guest above that 25. I think it was about $95 per person for just the dinner. So that added up very quickly (laughs) and came as a little bit of a surprise for us. So just make sure when you're looking at those packages to double check how many guests it includes. And if you're going to have a lot more than what it includes, contact the resort and ask how much they're going to charge each guest over that. So you have a a lot better understanding of how much you're going to pay for that package. Also, just keep in mind that even if you get the most expensive package, it may not include every little thing that you want included in your wedding. So we, like I said, we got the top tier package, but we still ended up paying for things because unfortunately, that's kind of where they get their money. So we paid for, again, the dinner for everyone above that 25 guest limit. We paid for a violinist at our ceremony worth every penny. It was beautiful. And we had to pay for the sound system for the dinner and reception part of our wedding day. Those were just a few things that we paid extra for. All of it was worth it. But again, it caught us a little bit off guard when you see this package and you think, well, what could be missing from it? And then the resort usually sends you a list of things that are not included. And then you have to sift through all of that and pick what you really want, what's worth spending your money on. Okay, the next big item is you and your fiancé's flights and accommodations, or staying at the resort. You can start looking at flights for certain days of the week to kind of get a good sense for how much that will run you or if certain days are cheaper to fly out than others. And resorts do list their nightly rate online, but it can vary so much depending on the time of year and what kind of rate that your travel agent is getting you. What I would recommend is just to talk to your travel agent about what the average cost is to fly you and your fiance out to your resort location. If you don't have a specific place in mind yet, then they'll know which areas are cheaper, what time of year is cheaper, and will definitely cater to your needs regarding your budget. The next big item is a photographer. So a lot of destination wedding packages include a photographer in their package if you're going above the complimentary one. Some don't, and this is also regarding if you don't use the one that the resort provides or if they don't have one. 
If you plan on hiring an outside photographer for your wedding, make sure to accommodate for their travel expenses as well. Most destination wedding photographers do have you pay for their flight and stay at the resort. This is a big purchase, so try to decide early if you want to use the resort's photographer that they have included in your package or if you want to hire out an outside vendor. Also keep in mind you might be charged by the resort for a vendor fee for them to come in and stay at the resort. Usually the wedding packages listed on the website will include how many prints you get and this is another area where me and my husband got charged quite a bit. So the package included 50 prints for our wedding. Well obviously the photographer took a lot more than that and she was really good. She got really great pictures. So we ended up paying for an additional 50, I think, and we got 100 total, which doesn't seem like a lot. Now it feels like we did get as many as we wanted, but it was a few hundred dollars at least, if I remember correctly, how much more we paid just to get more pictures that were taken. Whereas if you hire your own photographer, you get all of the pictures that they took that day. Yes, it might be a little bit more expensive to fly them down there and pay for their trip and fees. So this is just something that you really want to weigh the pros and cons on. If you're not sure about the resort photographer, they usually have a portfolio of some sort that you can look at. So just contact the resort or if you're working with your wedding coordinator already to ask to see their pictures. They might have their own Instagram account. You can just get a much better idea of if the photography fits the aesthetic that you're looking for if the quality is good enough for you, or if you'd want to hire somebody else. All right, moving on to number four, your wedding dress. Of course, this is a big one. It's really exciting to go look and shop. Um, A lot of brides don't have a budget for this while they're shopping because they just want to see what they like, what they look good in, and not worry so much about the price tag. Other brides walk into a store and know that they're not going to pay more than $1,000 for their dress, no matter how much they love it. So decide what's important to you. If you want to leave this area blank in your budget just because you know you want that dream dress no matter how much it costs, that's one way of doing it. Or like I said, you can set a limit on it right away and just shop according to that dollar amount. Next item then goes along with your wedding dress, which is all of your accessories. So your veil, if you're choosing to have one, any hair pieces that you might want, any lingerie that you want to wear on your wedding day. These can be bought in the store with your dress or bought online. Etsy has great shops for personalized veils and hair pieces. A lot of brides think that stores like David's Bridal or similar wedding stores can charge you a lot more just because of their name than if you were to go on something like Etsy or similar to find that stuff instead. So you can kind of shop around online and see, you know, what might be cheaper for you. Or if you, if you decide to have any of those items at all. Next up, we're following the attire trend, is your groom's attire. So a big question that I see all the time is, what is the groom wearing? Is he wearing a tuxedo? Is he wearing a suit that you buy online and get tailored to? Is he, buy, is he wearing just casual linen pants to kind of fit the beachy theme? Those different options can vary greatly in price. So again, just kind of shop online. If you're looking for places to shop for linen pants, there are a couple of great options online. Uh, One of them, a store called Island Importer. Uh, There's another one called Cuba Vera. Another one I've heard of is Wedding Tropics. So give those a look if you haven't heard of them already or if you haven't picked your groom's attire yet. 
Another option if you're going for the suit route or if you don't want to rent a tux, uh, Macy's has tons of suit and suit separate options as well as ASOS. Um, so give both of those a look if you're looking for something a little bit more formal, but again, you don't want to just rent it and return it to the store. Um, it'd be something that your fiance could keep that would be fitted exactly to him and could wear multiple times after that then. We do also have a blog post on just specifically groom attire. We give certain ideas that things of things they can wear, and then we link all of those websites. I'll link that in the show notes. It is called Men's Beach Wedding Attire Ideas and Best Places to Shop. But the next item on our list is jewelry and shoes. So obviously this goes for the bride and the groom. As the bride, you want to decide if you're going to wear heels if you're going to stick with sandals, if you know you're going to be walking around on the beach a lot on your wedding day, if you want to wear both um, heels for the ceremony and then switch to sandals later on. I've also seen if you are planning on having your reception on the beach uh, wearing barefoot sandals, which I think are so pretty. There's so many fun options for a destination wedding and your shoes. So just again, kind of start looking online or going on Pinterest to figure out what exactly you want to wear on your wedding day and then kind of get a good idea of how much those will cost you. As far as the groom, his shoes obviously kind of depend on how dressed up he's going to be, if they're going to be more casual, like boat-style shoes, or if they're going to be Oxfords or something similar like that. Along with jewelry and shoes and groom's attire, Another thing that you might want to include in your budget is your bridal party attire. A lot of brides handle this in many different ways. Some destination wedding brides feel the need to pitch in for some of this stuff for the, with their wedding party because you're having a destination wedding, so you know they're paying a lot to come to it. Um, so you can include some of these things as your gift to them. Personally, this is what we did. So I paid for the bridesmaids jewelry, which was a bracelet and earrings. And then they paid for their own dress and shoes. As far as the dresses went, I picked out multiple colors from David's bridal and sent them all in a message and said, you can pick any of these colors, any style dress that you want. That way, it was still going to be a little pricey for them for a dress, but they could pick one that was on sale. They could pick, you know, between multiple cuts and styles and what they wanted to wear on a beach. And then their, all their jewelry for the day was included by me. What we did for our grooms was we told them the shirt, pants, and shoes to wear, and those were all purchased at Kohl's, so it was very affordable for them, and then we bought their bow tie and suspenders. My husband gifted those to them when we got to Mexico, so they had all of their accessories, and we didn't have to worry about any of them forgetting their wedding day attire, and we just brought it along with us to make sure that it wasn't going to be left out. All right, moving away from attire items, we are going to talk about save the dates and invitations. A lot of brides wonder if it's worth it to spend money on save the dates and invitations when they know a lot of their guests that they're inviting will not be attending. We have a post on this that goes into this a lot more detail. It's called the ultimate save the date and invite guide for your destination wedding. It will help you determine how or if you should send either or both of them. But as you know, this stuff can be pretty pricey when shopping around for it and adding it to your budget. If you think about it, you have not only the paper itself, like the invitation or the save the date, but you have the envelope, 
the postage, the return stamp for their RSVP. So what we did was we, I actually have a friend that created our save the dates and invitations in Photoshop. And then we downloaded those files and printed them out and cut them out ourselves and sent them. So we saved a ton of money doing it that way. Looking back, would I have done it the same way? No. What I would have done is sent them via email. Since we only had we only had 50 guests attend our wedding and we probably sent out 150 invites. So looking back, that was not something that was worth the hassle for me, especially if we would have paid for the invitations instead of having my friend help us with it. But I was getting a little bit of pressure from certain members of my family that people needed to have a physical copy of our invitation. And so that's what I did. But this is something that you'll really want to think about If you know a lot of people are going to be coming to the wedding, then it might be worth it to send all of those save the dates and invitations. If you know most of them are going to say no, then I would consider sending them through email instead so you can save a little bit of money on your budget and put that money towards something else. All right, next item is hair and makeup. Now, this may be included in your wedding package, so give your wedding package a look to double check. But if not, some brides like to hire an outside vendor that's near the resort to come into the resort on the day of your wedding and do your hair and makeup for you. If that is going to be something that's really important to you, definitely start looking those people up. There's a lot on Instagram that you can find if you know you want to have it professionally done. Uh, Mine personally was included in the wedding package and she did a really good job. Um, I loved my hair and makeup the day of my wedding, thankfully, because... That wouldn't have been fun if I didn't. (laughs) Um, Next item is spa treatments. So this might not be something that you're considering, but hear me out. Um, About a week or two before the wedding, you're most likely going to get a lot of pampering done. If you have your hair colored, you're probably going to get your hair cut and colored a week or two before the wedding. So there's the cost in that. If you're planning on having your nails done, either manicure or pedicure or both, Other spa treatments include tanning, waxing, eyebrows, all of that stuff. So obviously all of that takes a little bit of time and it also costs quite a bit of money if you're doing all of it within a week or two before the wedding. I do have a tip though. Consider saving your manicure and pedicure until after you've arrived at the resort. If you're getting there quite a few days before your wedding, You might want to wait to get your nails done so they're nice and fresh for your wedding day. If you're getting to the resort, say, Tuesday or Wednesday, and your wedding isn't until Saturday, that leaves a lot of time for messing with your luggage, getting through traveling, unpacking, being in the pool, being on the beach, to chip your nails or scuff them up in any way, and also look at if any spa treatments are included in your wedding package. So then you can use that spa treatment for your wedding day. You can get your nails done at the spa a day or two before the wedding and it's either included or it's just a nice little treat for you. Okay, next item we have is flowers if the resort isn't providing them. Some resorts only provide a bouquet for the bride as part of their package and then you get charged a separate fee for all of the bridesmaids flowers. That is what happened to me. So my bouquet was included, but I would have had to pay, I think it was about $50 for every bouquet that wasn't mine if I wanted all of my bridesmaids to have one as well. You may be okay with that, but there are some other options if you don't want to pay that cost and you still want to have your bridesmaids have a bouquet of their own. There are a lot of Etsy shops that create fake flower arrangements 
They're really nice looking. And then you can give those to your bridesmaids prior to your wedding and they can fit them in their luggage very safely and use them on your wedding day. You save on luggage because you're giving them to your bridesmaids ahead of time and you're saving on money if they're cheaper than what the resort would would charge you for those bouquets. Along with flowers, the next item is decoration. So a lot of wedding packages through the resort don't really include a lot for extra decorations. Add-on charges include things like if you want string lights, centerpieces, chair covers. Most of the time, those aren't going to be included in your wedding package. So we also have a post on this. It's called, Should You Bring Your Own Decor to Your Destination Wedding? goes over more tips on how to navigate the decor situation for your wedding, what you can bring yourself to kind of spruce up the tables and things like that on your wedding day that you won't have to pay for if you're looking to save money that way. All right, the next two are kind of in the gift category. So next one is gifts for your family members. This includes if you're planning on getting a gift for your parents, grandparents, your husband, any other special loved one that's going to be there on your wedding day these items can add up. We do have a gift ideas page. If you go to breezybrides.com, it's right on the top. Gift ideas for your father, father-in-law, mother, mother-in-law, your bridesmaids, and your future husband. If you're looking for some ideas, they're all easily packable, and a lot of them are customizable to make it special. But this area caught me off guard a little bit when planning our destination wedding. I just found myself buying more and more gifts as I started planning because I forgot that I wanted to gift something for my mom or my mother-in-law. And then those charges added up because I didn't really consider them in the beginning. And then along with that is party favors. So personally, we did not do party favors, but a lot of brides do, whether it's personalized sunglasses, seashells, welcome bags. A lot of brides want to include a little something for their guests. Personally, it saved us on luggage luggage space and money, but I can see the appeal in that. So welcome bags are a very popular one. You just get your guests a little beach bag and some toiletry items, things they can use throughout their trip. If you are planning on doing a welcome bag, guess what? We have a blog post for that. It is called the Ultimate Destination Wedding Bag Guide. So it tells you where you can buy those bags, all the things you could include in them if you want to take a look at that. Okay, last but not least, we've made it to the end of the biggest budget items, and the last one is tipping services. So again, this was another item that I was not considering in the beginning and realized it towards the end. Is tipping necessary? How much should you set aside in your budget for tipping? We have a blog post. It's called The Tipping Guide for Your Destination Wedding if you want to check it out for more help, but I'll go over it briefly here just to give you an idea. So as a general rule of thumb, if the vendor or employee is working for themselves, you don't necessarily need to tip. If the vendor or employee is working for the resort, they expect a tip a little bit more. So vendors like hair and makeup artists, DJs, photographers, a percentage might be the easier way to go. The reason for that is because you know exactly what they're charging you. So you can just add a 10 or 15 or 20% gratuity to tip them. For employees like bartenders, servers, housekeeping, it's easier to just do a flat fee. A few dollars can go a long way for those employees and they are already providing exceptional service, most likely. So if you start tipping them as well, they just really appreciate you more. They get your drinks faster if you're at the pool bar, things like that. They almost always accept the U.S. dollar as well, so you shouldn't have to worry about a currency exchange with those. 
Okay, so that wraps up our destination wedding budget items. We went through a lot in this one, but I really hope it kind of gave you a better idea of how to plan your budget for your destination wedding and make sure you don't leave those big ticket items out. Of course, there are going to be a few things here or there that aren't included in this podcast episode, but hopefully they're items that won't make or break your budget. So that is all I have for you today. I hope it was helpful. If you have any questions for me, please email me at breezybridesemail at gmail.com or hit the contact button on the top of our page at breezybrides.com. I'd love to hear from you. Uh, Subscribe if you're not subscribed already. Leave a comment if you thought this was helpful, and we will see you guys in the next episode.